The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson, joined by Brady Quinn and Lay Deucible. In the show, in the, in, the, in, the, in the branded studio together... Brady, you're too tall for that. For that, you, Will, did you like sleep on one side of your face, like in the sun? (laughs) It looks like one side got more sun than the other. One side is a little redder than the other side. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you like fall asleep in like a lounge this weekend over Labor Day weekend? What happened? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I was on a. I was on a boat. I was on the beach. I mean, like, I don't know. I think it's actually, there, you know what it is? It, only one side got all the sun. It may be the lighting in here. I'll fix it. I'll have the, my tech guy fix it after the uh, after after the show. You're, um, before, before we get into it, you, I, just wanted, I just want to know, did you guys make a friendly wager this week? No, you know, I was thinking What's about that too. Right? He should probably have fixed after NC State, NC State gets Notre beat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what's the spread? I haven't even actually seen it. I, I would guess y'all are, I mean, y'all are going to be favorite because you're a top 10 team. Uh, thank you for acknowledging that. Uh, <laughs> let me uh, let me take a quick gander. And here. Actually, actually, it is now that I'm, now that I'm now that you're like asking about like my 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 issues with the uh, the sun here. It is actually a lighting situation, um, which I may or may not fix in the middle of the show. So if I move and stand up, that's what it is. I'm not Notre I'm not Dame burnt is, on one half of my face. Is is what I'm telling you. According to our uh, CBS Sports app, Notre Dame is a seven and a half point favorite. Ooh, yeah, that's a How lot of feel, points. Really? We, how we um, feeling, Willie? What's uh, what's how how good is your offensive line? What, what do you want to do for a friendly wager, by the I way? They have a surprise that, that, that top ten pick. Yeah, I was like, we, both our tackles are, are going to be drafted after this year. You tell me. <laughs> well, I'm asking because UConn uh, sort of mauled our defensive front. Like we, um, you know, uh, it's going to be a long day for y'all. Then. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we lost we lost uh, uh, two two of our best linebackers, including Drake Thomas. I really should have been ACC Defensive Player of the Year uh, to to the NFL. And yeah. as a result, I think our younger linebackers were struggling 
when the defensive front got blocked to really recognize where UConn was going. How about, with the- how about you just stop talking? You wear uh, you wear a number 10 jersey if y'all lose. <laughs> and then I'll wear some NC State toughy gear or something, whatever you send me if, okay. if NC State wins. If NC State wins, I, I'll wear, I, will, I will wear a Brady Quinn jersey. If, it, if, if Notre Dame wins, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road wins. Oh, look at top-two team wins a game. Man <laughs> you want to do points here? So, so hold on. Do you want to do we're points? No, no, no. Yeah, if, no, 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 no. We're going to go, no, no, no. No, we're going to do, but but to amplify the situation, because NC State is a seven-and-a-half-point dog, if NC State wins, you have to shotgun an old toughy on camera. Oh. Okay. Deal. All right. Excellent. So if, if NC State wins and covers, correct? Well, if NC State or wins, no, they'll it, cover because they're a dog. Well, I mean, no, no. It's straight saying, up, right? What, so you're saying it's a straight-up bet, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, if NC State Sorry, wins, they would, they would ipso facto cover, cover yeah. because they're an underdog. Yeah. And Notre Dame but just yeah, has to I'm win. Saying, I'm saying, though, you're not saying they just have to cover. They have to win. NC State? Yes, no. they have to win. But they, there's, they, there's, there's no cover play. There's no cover play. Okay, um... No, I understand, I understand what we're talking about here. I'm saying the cover does not matter for NC State, correct? Is this straight up bet? Straight right? up bet. Win, don't, don't zoom in on me while they're tiny. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to do this. Let's just even boxes. Here. <laughs> um, the yes, correct. If if actually this is a better setup here because you got there's two of you there. Um, yes, if Notre Dame does not have to cover if they win, but now, are, do I have to go buy a Brady Quinn jersey? Uh, no, we can send you one. Yeah, you send me a Brady Quinn jersey and I'll wear it on the show. I actually okay. have a very uh a very small. Brady Quinn football show t-shirt somewhere around here. Can I actually uh, make this request too while we're at it? If sure. Notre Dame wins and covers, okay, mm-hmm. can I get a Brinson sucks hat? I- I've never, I've never <laughs> got one of those. I've wanted one forever. You never send me one. Yes, I don't have one. I, I have I, my hat says I suck because I'm Brinson. <laughs> like this one, no, no, this Lewis, our, our podcast listener, sent a, a Brinson. We will effort to get you a Brinson sucks hat as best we can. Yes. Okay. Just give me breeches. He doesn't wear enough anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, you you promised you'd wear it on the big noon kickoff show on, on Fox Sports. Didn't say that. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, how about this? If NC State wins and, and reverse covers, if NC State wins by more than a touchdown, you have to wear a Brinson sucks hat on the big noon kickoff show. How, how am I going to get get away with that? Like, you no know, way he's no one's going to look at me and go, like, <laughs> you can't do that. What, 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 you, you, you do whatever you want. Of it on the set. I'll, I'll try with this. I'll try to plant it. All right. If this scenario plays out, I'll try to plant it <laughs> in the thing. crowd and then grab it off a fan and put it on at the end of a segment. How about that? Exactly. Okay. But is, if it's wins by that's, more than a touchdown, you have to, yeah, yes, you'll, you'll no, try to do that. The reverse cover will be seven and a half. That's what the They're number is. Gotta, eight. Eight. gotta win by eight. Gotta win by eight. Yeah. It's, it's, it, this is not a cover play, is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure the rules were clearly defined as far as when I would have to shotgun a beer. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. If it's what it wins tough? outright, you're shotgunning an old time. Is that an IPA? Is that a Pilsner? No, it's a, it's a it's a lager. I got some old ones. Oh, perfect. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. we can shotgun a lager. That's yeah, 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 you can shotgun. It'll shotgun it. Um, right. Speaking of college football, like, we'll dive into the NFL in a minute. But uh, and by the way, if you're if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, hit that like button, smash the subscribe button. Tell us, uh, tell us your favorite college matchup for this week or NFL matchup, whatever you want. Prime Deion Sanders and Colorado are ranked as well after beating TCU. What, like what? I mean, I'm curious what you guys think about 
Dion as a coach because I, I, I there's a huge argument um, down at the beach while I, was, while I was burning half of my face last week, this past weekend um, about whether whether Prime is a good coach or like a or like a good recruiter like like what what do you think about his coaching style and like do, like what do you, like is he a great coach is he a great recruiter what what do you think about Prime and what he's done at Colorado in general I think both I yeah, mean I thought both. that they were really coached well in that game versus TCU I mean of course there were some issues on the defensive side you can't give up that many points but on offense I mean if you look at what Shador Sanders did right the cool calm collectiveness in the pocket he threw from within the pocket when he needed to get on the outside he did that as well and Brady, you can speak to this as a quarterback. Sometimes you got to manipulate the pocket as far as drifting left, drifting right, and you just always look comfortable throwing from different places on the field. So I think Dion, for one, is a great recruiter because, I mean, you don't get Travis Hunter if you're not a great recruiter, right? And um, the other receivers, me and Brady were talking about this yesterday here, um, Xavier Weaver and, and um, Jimmy Horn Jr. Jr. Like, those guys were at USF, right? Now, they were good players, but, you know, there's been teams that have been trying to get them for the last couple of years. I know for a fact – Xavier Weaver, there's been teams, because I know Jeff Scott, you know, I caught a lot of the American games, so I've talked to him throughout the years. I know there were teams that were in his DMs trying to get him, and for Dion to be able to get those two guys was monumental. But, again, I would have to say he's a great recruiter and a great coach, because, again, the, the way they executed on offense was second to none, and being 20-and-a-half-point dogs in that game, to go yeah. into that type of, you know, territory in Texas where football is God. You, right. you know that the fans are going to be there. You're the underdog heavily. People are saying all types of stuff to you in the background. I think it shows how good a coach Dion is and how good of a recruiter he is. Yeah, you know, he he's both in this case. And I think as a, any good or great head coach, you have to be. But that was probably one of the things that for whatever reason, and I think it's probably because of how Deion Sanders presents himself, that people get lost in the presentation. They get lost in the brand, the prime and all that. And they forget the fact that he's a good coach. He knows ball. Like, he can oversee all of it and coach guys up, not only at the position that he played, but really at other positions as well. He he hired a staff that, if you think about it, I mean – Sean Lewis was a head coach at Kent State. He then Just Mike Zimmer's an offensive analyst on his coach. Mike Zimmer's like one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL in the last like 20, 10 years, 20 years. So think about the staff that he's constructed too, yeah. in order to be able to, you know, Charles Kelly, who took a lot of things out of the playbook from Nick Saban, that pick by Travis Hunter had everything to do with how they end up playing the three receivers to that side when you have an offset back. Offset back. And so, you know, all these different things that those coaches, they've brought along with them, and they put their players in a position to succeed. And Dion oversees all of that. So, of course, he's a good coach. Of course, he's a great recruiter. I mean, think about the pitch. Think Because really, you don't just recruit the player. You recruit the parents. Yep. Yep. How many parents are going to say, no, I don't want Dion Sanders to come in my living room? Exactly. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, arguably one of the greatest dual sport athletes ever? I mean, one of the greatest football players ever. He's the greatest cornerback of all time. It's not remotely close. He's in every single living room with the opportunity to preach, and he can preach, and he can recruit. And I think the the last thing I'll just say, again, it gets lost in all of the the show, if you will, is he's developing young men. Mm. Like, when you actually are around him, you talk to him, there's a bigger picture to all of it. And that's the thing that like most attracts me to everything that he does is it's not just about football. It's yeah. not just about getting to the league. It's not about just that. Like he's meticulous with how he's like, hey man, we gotta pick this stuff up around here. Like you're not gonna be laying cups and, and stuff around. That, that might have been how we did it before, not now. 
like your lockers clean, the lot, like all the little things that the greatest players who are that detailed, they care about. Like I saw what LeVar Arrington today about LeVar played with them in Washington. And he was like, dude, he used to vacuum in front of his locker. Like that's how detailed he was Mm -hmm. and how, how specific he wanted things. So he's a great coach. He's a great recruiter. He's all of it. He's, he's the only guy that can do. And I, I said this to Leger when I walked in, like, some felt different about this past weekend with college football. And I know there was no NFL, but it maybe maybe it was like, maybe it was the terrible graphics that Fox used on the like the number seventeen yeah, above yeah, the yeah. TCU. It, I mean, it feels like college football is becoming more national than regional. And maybe it's the conference realignment. Maybe it's a brand like Dion who kind of just is football. It's not just Colorado or Jackson State or Winnie, the past player. It's becoming closer and closer as it kind of continues to shape and form into a sport that mimics more what the NFL is. And I'm not going to say it's ever going to compete with it in that light because it's so different, but I'll be honest with you, the presentation, I think that especially going over to Dublin Ireland for that and seeing how it hit like a European crowd and how that European crowd kind of looks at it as compared to like an EPL team, you kind of go, man, this, this has legs to it. And I think it's still growing where the NFL is like this, you know, it, it's 32 teams. It's kind of is what it is. It's like, what's their next change? What's their next step to continue to grow the audience? Like, I, I don't know what the answer to that question outside of playing more games. Like, are yeah. they going to expand to a couple more teams or like more international cities? Like, those are big steps that I don't know if the NFL wants to take. And meanwhile, like, college football is kind of becoming something where like, we got a bunch of West Coast teams playing East Coast teams. Yeah. Like, you didn't used to care about Stanford Cal. Now you might, because NC State might have to play them now in the ACC in the future. Might have to play them. They're just going they to be do. in the ACC. I'm gonna. We're like, yeah. We've already well, talked about I mean, how like, like conferences are so big. You might see them once every two, three years. Two, three years. Yep. Well, that's fine. I'm gonna go to California for a road trip, and I'm definitely gonna go. Yeah. To, like, we're like, we're pumped about SMU. Like Dallas, a Dallas road trip, a little home at home, all day long. Um, also in college news, speaking of the ACC. Great segue, Brady. Just really impressive work by you. Uh, Clemson and Duke played. And oh, buddy. Oh, goodness. Dabo Sweeney. Um, look, Dabo has – You, I don't know if you guys read, like, follow message board geniuses on Twitter or if you – if you, if you, if you're going to – okay, look, we – NC State fans, we don't have a lot to hold on to, okay? So we we oftentimes will enjoy the schadenfreude of other teams' failures, and that's what we're doing here with Clemson. Like we're been, we even we I've got a text right where we've got posts of like the Clemson message board. These fans are like, well, Dabo out of there, and I just want to wonder, like, do you think how concerned should Clemson fans really be? Because he did have two, you know, he won his all his titles with two generational quarterbacks, and Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, and and now it's like. You know, he's lost a bunch of coordinators. Like, what is how realistic is are the concerns of Clemson fans about Davis Sweeney? I, I think they're they're really real when you look at the fact that he doesn't want to adopt NIL transfer portal as as part of their program. Mm-hmm. He, he's kind of been resistant, outspoken against it. And one of the things that struck me in looking at the past three years, we're really around COVID, and then afterwards, that's when all those things have come into play. They've lost three games twice in that three year span. Okay. When all this stuff came to fruition and teams started saying, we need to adapt to this or we're not going to survive. He's been resistant to it. And if you go back to the previous five years when they won the national championship and and they were averaging, I think, almost 14 wins per season, which means they're getting the playoff, they're winning in the playoff, getting the national championship. They only lost three games once. That was back in 2014. And so it's pretty evident like what's taking place is a lot of these other schools obviously are tapping into saying – 
we're going to use the transfer portal to supplement our roster, find some pieces if we need them, find a quarterback we feel like the guy we recruited is not that. And then beyond that, I also think there's been, you know, just people kind of taken away from his cupboard. I mean, how many coaches has he lost now, which eventually drains you as a head coach? We see that from time to time, too, at the NFL level, sometimes at the college level. You know, Brent Venables, now head coach at Oklahoma. Uh, You obviously lost, you know, Tony Elliott, and you ended up replacing now Garrett Riley uh, with your former offensive coordinator. But, again, the reality is that all wears on you, I think, as a head coach and as a program. So I think it's kind of twofold. It's like the inability to adapt – but it's also what they've lost to on that coaching staff. And, and just on the Riley thing too, like you, the, the there were there was some buzz that like the administration kind of made him go outside the family to get an offensive coordinator to replace because he'd been he wanted to promote within, and then he went and got Riley. And I mean, but now like dudes, the seasons. I mean, like you lost to Duke in week one. Your season's so, over. Yeah, and if you look at it right, we were talking about Dion earlier compared to Dabo Sweeney, right? Dion's relatable. Right. The players, they, they galvanize around him. They, they like talking to a guy that's a Hall of Famer who's done it at the highest levels. Right. You, you talked about it. Dion's kind of adapted into the transfer port. I believe they had the most transfers come yeah. in out of anybody in college football where Dabo Sweeney is not a big fan of NIL, not a big fan of the transfer portal. So we've seen that take a hit when it comes to Clemson. And me and Brady were talking about this yesterday. I mean, DJ Uwe Ungalale is probably sitting back saying, y'all thought it was my my fault. Like, I was the issue, right? And he looked pretty good at Oregon State in week one. And everybody thought K, you know, K Klubnik was going to be the savior for Clemson. And we saw that offense falter in the red zone multiple times. Can't turn the ball over in the red zone, especially when you're already going to probably get three at that position. So, uh, to me, Clemson's in real trouble, right? You lose the Duke. I believe they set Florida State yep. uh, on the, the docket. Notre Dame on the docket. Like, him. The chance of them getting to the playoffs is probably still oh, yeah. now. They got to play NC State, I think, too. Uh, yes, yeah, thank you. My bad. NC In State. Raleigh. <laughs> NC State it's difficult. Well. It's all right, sorry. Um, I'll, I'll let you slide but, on that one. But what I will say is, Brady, you know this. Week one to week two is when you usually make your biggest adjustments, right? Week one, you're going to see some sloppy play. You're going to see pre-snap penalties. And right. That's what happened back, to them. You just, hope that, yeah, you just hope that you're on the other side of that and come out with a win. They unfortunately didn't because they turned the ball over at un- unopportune times and they end up losing that game. So it's, it's a tough schedule down the road for them. I, I don't I don't know if they make the playoffs this year. I know a lot of people had them penciled in. I didn't just because of the turnover at the quarterback position, the turnover at the coordinator, like you talked about. I think over time, and this is college football, like you never want to stay in the same place. You want to elevate, but they've lost a lot of coaches over the last few years. Yep, sure have. Uh, by the way, they were, I believe Dabo said in his post-game press conference, they were all Clemson. In the history of the school, 108 and 0 when they rushed for 200 and passed for 200, 58 and 0 under Dabo. And Dad, give it. I don't know what happened, but we lost that game. All right. We're going to take a break. Real quick, last thing, though. There's nothing worse, though, than LSU this past weekend. Oh, man. I mean, just because we are going to transition NFL, and, yeah. and there's a guy named Harold Perkins Jr. And when you take him Dude. off the edge from <laughs> rushing and as a spy and as an off the ball linebacker, like, you literally just gave Jordan Travis and Florida State's offense quite possibly the easiest game plan to go up against. More time to throw to Keon Coleman, whoever else. I mean, it was ridiculous and, watching. And let's that. not forget their probably best defensive lineman, Mason Smith, wasn't in that game. Right. Let's not forget in that first quarter before he tore his ACL last year, he was wreaking havoc up yeah. front. And now you take him out of the game and Perkins, you drop him in coverage instead of rushing him. I don't understand the game plan on defense at all from LSU. That's a yeah. yeah. the the top 10 pick. The game plan was to get gashed by Florida State. I mean, <laughs> the game the game plan might be for Brian Kelly to spend yeah, a little more time Coleman with my family. That works. 
I, I don't really feel bad for Brian Kelly ever. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm sorry. <laughs> My family. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, Travis Kelsey banged up for Thursday Oof. night's NFL kickoff. Big movement on the point spread. We'll tell you about it next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions are kicking off the NFL season on Thursday night. Uh, we did just talk a bunch about college football, but like you said, Brady, it's the new NFL. It's a new, uh, it's basically the new college, the new football or the new NFL football. It's new slowly getting there. Yeah. Except for Davis Sweeney, who just won't play players <clears throat> over the table. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the Travis, Travis Kelsey suffered a hyperextended knee on Tuesday at practice. Ooh. The uh, point spread moved immediately from six and a half to five and a half. Overall, DraftKings is already down to five today. It's been dropping steadily with the Chiefs only favored uh, or favored by five against Detroit on Thursday night. Brady, um, like what? I mean, obviously, Travis Kelsey matters a ton. You see yeah. that reflected in the point spread, but from a schematic standpoint, if he were to miss this game, how big a deal is that for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid? I think when you factor into Chris Jones isn't there defensively, you know, you start to ask the question, all right, you want a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, you were able to get through all of that. I mean, how much longer and how many more guys can you lose before you start saying like, yeah, they, they need some of those star players. And, and I think Travis Kelsey is that guy that's the engine that makes things go, at least in the past game. Clearly, Mahomes, the quarterback, can distribute the football. It's all it's all good and great. Travis Kelsey's always been that number one target. He moves the sticks when he looks to to you know, get an open, open field and create, he's going to look for Kelsey as well. So not having that guy as not only a, a sticks mover, but a red zone target. And I think one of the things, too, where his roles become even more prevalent is because so many teams played soft coverage against him. And even with Tyreek Hill, like they're not going to give up the big plays downfield. And so they, it's allowed them then to throw underneath to Travis Kelsey. So it'll be interesting to see if Noah Gray and Blake Bell can fill in that role in any sort of capacity, or is it one in which you say – all right, we're going to play with some different personnel groupings to get to the concepts we want. You know, maybe you even look at it and say, we're just going to bring in an extra offensive lineman to protect up, and we're gladly going to utilize the other four eligible receivers, however we see fit, to get into the mismatches and get into the formations and things we want. I mean, this injury happened Tuesday before a Thursday night game. Man. It's kind of hard to be able to make any sort of wholesale changes in yep. regards to your scheme for either team in this case, dudes, you know, as far as like what, what you're going to do between Tuesday and Thursday Correct. night. <laughs> and if you look at Detroit, 
Chauncey Gardner Johnson has a lot of experience of cover, recovering Travis Kelsey. So I, I, I probably guarantee you Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, was going to have something schematically where they bracket cover him. But for a good portion of this game, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was probably going to guard him. And, and you talked about it a little bit. I think this is a little different than losing Tyreek Hill, right? Tyreek Hill was a big play receiver. You know he could always get behind the defense. But if you talk about a quarterback and tight end being in sync, there's no greater combination than Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think mean, Brady, seven straight thousand-yard receiving seasons at the tight end possession. You talked about schematically what he means to this team. And let's not forget in the red zone, which is pivotal. How many times have we seen Andy Reid draw things up to get Travis Kelsey open, even when they double-team him in the red zone? So you take that away. And again, yes, you have Superman. You have the reigning MVP, Super Bowl MVP. But how much is expected of him to do when you lose a Tyreek Hill, you lose a Travis Kelsey. You talked about it, Chris Jones not being there. And then that whole defensive front is different, right? You know, Carlos Dunlap isn't there. Frank Clark isn't there anymore, right? Chris Jones won't be there. You paid Charles Amenehu. He's suspended for the first six games. So now George Karloffers is going to have to take a leap. That yep. secondary, we're, we're all rookies. You would think they'd be a lot better this year. But, again, the, the onus is going to fall on Patrick Mahomes. I look for them to be a little bit more balanced than they were last year, running the ball with Isaiah Pacheco. But he's coming up injury, too. So is he going to be on a snap count? Uh, we don't know. So I think this is a massive loss. The thing is, the biggest thing is, it's not Thursday night's game. It's how long is Travis Kelsey going to be out? That's the question you well, need to ask. And he's missed, really, when you look through the years. And, Will, you can fact check this. I, I think he's only missed really one game in the course yeah, of the season. He doesn't miss season. games. Like, he sat out some Week 17 games yeah. back when it was a 16-game schedule. But he really doesn't miss games often. So – I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't try to suit up. I mean, you're talking about a hyperextension. If there's no uh, structural damage to it and there's no concern there, maybe he tries to suit up. But I think the line would tell you, I don't know how effective he's going that to be. be he I might, wouldn't start him. He might be a decoy. He might be a guy who's out there for some limited plays to see what he's capable of doing. It's just in 48 hours' time, it's going to be really tough to be making that feel much better. But again, I'm not ruling him out at this point only because he is such a tough dude. Well, this is my thing, and, and I'll let you jump in here, Will. Like, Brady, no, you know gonna, this. They're gonna, playing, they're they're playing, I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, they're playing Thursday. So if you rest them today, you still get 10 days before your next game. Now, again, yeah. we don't know the extent of the hyperextension. There's been different rumors out there. I'm not a medical professional. Uh, I hyperextended my knee in one practice. And to Brady's point, there was no structural damage. I actually was able to practice the next day. So it just depends on how serious the injury is. If it's – a risk, I wouldn't even play him on Thursday because you need him for the long haul. Like, right. there's no need to put him out there and potentially get more damage. Yeah, so uh, to, to Brady's point, um, since I'm stat boy here, uh, Travis Kelsey is not, <laughs> Travis Kelsey is not missed. Boy. He's, he's never missed a game to injury in his career. He sat out like he's played 15 games before or seven in, in or 16 games, I think, last year because they, they clinched the, the one seed or clinched the division or whatever it was. There's no moving to the playoff standings. And I think that really – can sort of um, inform Andy Reid's decision here, right? Because Andy Reid sits guys out in week 17 when they don't need to, or the final week of the season, week 16, week 17, when they don't need to play. Um, he's very, very consistent about that. If you look at Andy Reid and his, how he approaches the preseason and how, like the playing time for certain players, he's very, very consistent about it, even when it's shrunk down to three games. And I think you're going to see him probably be protective of Travis Kelsey. Like this Chiefs team is going to win, going to win. Um, and, and now Jason Kelsey says, I think he's going to be good to go. I really do, uh, on, on WIP this morning, <laughs> which is, uh, which is cool. interesting for the Eagles. Center to look, be that, that's that. why I said, like, we're all acting because of the line movement. Like, you know, again, he's not going to play in this game. It's likely he dresses, he tries to play 
And then if he can't go, so be it, right? Right. I mean, let's not forget, too, um, you know, you've got the third quarterback designation. And, you know, I'd have to look back at the Chiefs roster. I'm not even sure if they're carrying three. If they are, that guy doesn't necessarily have to count against the active game day roster until they want to activate him. So, you know, even teams that want to dress three or if they only dress two, they can kind of play with the numbers a little bit, especially for a situation like this where it's Travis Kelsey. You're going to you're gonna go up until game time before you make a decision yeah. and really exhaust all efforts to make sure he, he's potentially able to go. Um, and, and so, again, we don't know the specifics of the injury. But from hyperextending stuff before, it's, it really comes down to kind of pain tolerance and if there's any potential issue for greater damage. But I think the line movement more tells you the lack of effectiveness that maybe he'll even be able to have in this game. Yeah, or, or even like a little bit of protection for um, the, the books in terms of like there's been a bunch of action on the Lions, you know, and, and Kelsey is worth that much. I mean, it's pretty hard for like a one player to be worth. I mean, I, I know this sounds well, crazy. One player but, that's not a quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. Like quarterbacks are, I mean, I think generally, like, I mean, like, if you're talking like four points is a huge number. And I know maybe, like, it seems like it should even be more, but like, let's say, if you, I mean, I remember like Kyler Murray was ruled uh, potentially out like early in the week and like the line shifted five points. Like, it's, it's crazy how little even a quarterback can can matter that much to the spread. And so I think a little bit of an overreaction here, maybe by Vegas, I kind of like the Chiefs minus five uh, even, even more now. I did too. Like, I, I think I already liked the Chiefs beforehand, obviously, even with the injury. I'm like, it's all right. You know, th- this group will figure out a way uh, of finding the right matchups. And, you know, look, you talk, talked about Aaron Glenn before. This pass defense was one of the worst oh, in the last NFL year. last year. <laughs> so uh, they, they'll have every opportunity, I think, to find some of those mismatches and, and try to expose some of that. And we'll see if Detroit can adjust. Yeah, and Chris, it'll be interesting, yeah, right? Because now. Oh, my bad, Will. Uh, Kadarius Tony is back healthy now. He's coming back. Sky Moore. He was limited, his limited Tuesday, though. Yeah, but I think he's going to go. I think he'll give it a go. Um, Sky Moore's back. Rasheed Rice, I've heard, is looking really good. Yep. Again, he's only a rookie, so you don't know what you're going to get from him. So this, I want to say it could be a blessing in the skies, especially if Travis Kelsey's knee isn't extens- you know, extensively damaged and he's only going to miss a week or two. Get some of these young guys reps, and sure. you know, the guys got to depend on these guys later on you know, during the season. So guys like Kadarius Tony, who they traded for, who they expect to take a leap, Scott Moore, who they expect to take a leap. Now you depend on them even more, Isaiah Pacheco. So Marquez uh, Valdez scaling as well. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, State think, legend, I think this would be a situation where some of these young guys get some work. That, so I appreciate that. Man, I can't wait for you to turn. <laughs> I can't wait for you to shotgun this old toughie. And then and then and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be like sipping like uh sipping your 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 salty Catholic tears out of a tiny little teacup. Oh my cup. goodness. <laughs> wow. That was wow. That was, that was very visual. Yeah, well, look, I gotta get this in now because you're probably gonna smoke us on Saturday with uh, although I thought I thought um anyway, we don't we never cares about NC State. Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, and Mike Evans, plus Brian Burns. All guys are in these weird contract situations. Uh, which one of those do you think affects their team the most, Deuce? Uh, it's a tough because it's like with Travis Kelsey going down, is Chris Jones the most important thing now? Yeah. Back and forth, you go back and forth because you still got you know Patrick Mahomes on that team. Honestly, to me, it's Brian Burns, right? If you look at uh, you didn't say Nick Bosa, but you wanted to add Nick Bosa in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I didn't, yeah, yeah. Bosa definitely counts for sure. Okay, well then I'm saying Nick Bosa without yeah. a doubt. I mean, this was the number one defense in football, and just to, to put numbers out there, Brady, if you look at the seasons that you know Nick Bosa was healthy, the 49ers in 2019, 2021, 2022, they had 48, 48, and 44 sacks. The year where he got hurt in 2020, they had 30 sacks. 
massive drop off. We're talking about 17 to 18 sacks not there because Nick Bosa wasn't there. So this is an interesting situation because it seemed like the, you know, the mark was kind of set. I thought he should be the highest paid defensive player in the league for what he's done the last few years. Talk about coming off of ACL over 15 sacks. And then you won up it last year and lead the league in sacks 18 and a half and win defensive player of the year. Again, the number one defense in football, and it starts with Nick Bosa. This guy never comes off the field. Yeah. Uh, talk about making big-time plays on third down to get his defense off the field. He routinely does that, g- gets after the ball. Uh, to me, like, you would think with the CBA, right, and the way it's drafted up, this was to prevent players from doing, doing, doing this. But if you're a player, right, and you feel like this is the only leverage you have, all right, you, you know, you don't want to pay me this. Let's see how the team performs without me. And we see some of these defensive linemen taking stands. Sam Chris Jones, all of a sudden, Brian Burns was all there all through in camp. Yeah. Oh, you want to give me my deal? I'm not practicing Monday. So we've seen a little shift, right? I bet the owners hate this, right? Of players deciding, like, you know what? We saw what happened to the running back market. As defensive linemen, we're not going to allow this to happen to our market because I've always said this the league is run by passers and, and pass rushers, guys who can throw the ball and guys who can affect the passer, right? So that's why they're highly compensated for that. I think to me, Bosa is the number one guy on this list as far as where it could affect the team. And honestly, them playing the Steelers week one, you don't have Bosa there. I, I would not be surprised that line shifts a little bit because of it. You know, yeah. there's you can make the case probably for all three of these guys, right? Like with Bosa, I think you look at the short sample size for Brock Purdy, you go, he's been fantastic. Can he sustain it? Can he continue that? Um, because, you know, again, you're going to need the help of the defense at some point. I think you're going yeah. to go back to some of the, the stats and analytics with Jimmy G as quarterback and even Brock Purdy, they're kind of comparable uh, in regards to just some of the numbers that they were able to put up. Eventually, those kind of come back down to earth. You're going to have to win some tough games, and you're going to need your defense to show out. So there's no doubt. I mean, Nick Bosa, I I think you'd make the case, is probably the best of the three because he's probably the best at his position, even though Chris Jones is right there behind Aaron Donald. And and look, now that Travis Kelsey's not going to potentially be there, but even then, like, if you're looking at the Chiefs and you kind of look at the fact, okay, you lost Tyreek Hill, that's one thing he's on the offensive side of the ball. Like you can have other guys that Patrick Mahomes can throw to and develop chemistry with and then build around when, I mean, Chris Jones is on the other side of the ball. Like can this defense really rally around not having Chris Jones and then elevate their level of play? We saw Mahomes do that last year without Tyreek Hill. It's a little different story when you talk about the opposite side of the ball. So maybe you make a case for Chris Jones since he is their best defensive player. He's one of their top three players after Mahomes and Kelsey. It'd be Chris Jones. Uh, and probably the second-best defensive tackle after a guy named Aaron Donald. So yeah. you can probably make an argument for him. And then Brian Burns, I think the argument's just, look, you'd like your rookie quarterback not to be in a shootout every single week. And right. the best way to do that is to have your best edge rusher, right, who's out there with you. So it's not easy, but the reality is um, you can make a case for probably all three. And the thing I hate about this the most, because you talked about like players exercising their leverage to be able to hold out, is – this is really their only recourse. And the risk that's you it. run is the fact that what happens if San Francisco does okay or Kansas City does okay. And like, the, you're issue, like, oh, right? man, maybe they don't need me. It's like, that's oops. Because the there is that always next man up mentality. Yeah. And I think the funny thing for me is if you apply like the, the dynamics of the workplace and how leverage works with football as compared to like everything else, like imagine we were like, nope, I'm going I'm to sit this one out. I'm under contract, but I'm going to give it a few weeks and just not show up. We'll see how CBS feels about this. They're gonna be like, "Get out of here, clown!" Next like, man up. yeah, next man up. Like, we'll replace your ass with someone else in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, if I just 
if I was I like, find if, it, it's hilarious. It really is when you break it down because yeah. it's not relatable. And I think that's the hard thing for fans is they're like, what are you doing? Like, I get fired if I did what you're trying to do right now. Like, if I was like, yeah, I, I know that we set the schedule up. I'm not hosting the show, okay? I'm not hosting the show doing give me more They're like, that's cool. Breach is hosting. Get lost. You're fired. And, they, like, <laughs> and, like, and like, Nick, I mean, I probably should have said then, that out loud. And then Breach uh, but, yeah. with, like, the Brinson the sucks hat. They would change the logo from Pick Sex to Brinson Socks. It's like the Brinson yeah. Sucks podcast. But, like, you're right. I mean, like Nick, I think it is fascinating that the two teams – we're talking about like the two top favorites to win the Super Bowl, right? Or at least the favorites from from each from each conference were in the in the Chiefs and the 49ers. And so you do feel like they'll be a little cautious and to, or they're willing to like play a little bit of chicken. And it's okay that you know the, your best defensive player is gonna be like, you know, if he, if he misses a game, he misses two games, you you feel confident your team can win because your roster is constructed in such a fashion. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Brian Burns, that shootout thing is kind of interesting too, because if you're in a shootout every week, if you're Bryce Young. It means you're taking a lot of dropbacks behind an offensive line that was not great in the preseason. So that's yeah. that's something certainly to watch. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, Super Bowl predictions, MVP picks, oh. maybe a little spicy hot takes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next. Here we go. This is all we've all been waiting for. Time for some football, baby. Throwing ahead for the touchdown. Oh, my gosh. Here he goes. We can't wait for Sunday afternoons. All right. Welcome back to the Big Six Podcast. BQ and Deuce, you guys, uh, you guys, do you, do you guys do, have you ever done like official predictions? Like, do you, do you have to do predictions? Um, yeah, yeah. Like I have to do them on other picks. things. Yeah. But like I say, here's what I like doing. And I think I, I was talking about with this, with you, Will, about before the show. I don't know. I was talking to Leger about it. You, you mean we great, had the 10, the 10 minute phone call before the show? Yes. Yes. Okay. There's a great website called yeah, playoffpredictor.com. <laughs> I was telling Leger about it, but if you're at home, it takes a little time, but it's a great exercise because it really will change, I think, your perception of what you think. Like, if you ask me right now, not looking at anyone's schedule and how things shape out, how, where I think teams are going to be placed, yeah. it was not the way this spit out the way the season worked out for me, which I found rather entertaining. Now, it's, it's also unrealistic because, as I told Lachey, like, in the AFC, Analytics, yeah. I've got three teams who are all tied at 12-5. and five. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a tiebreaker for who is the number one overall seed, and we can get to all that. But it really does change your perception of, like, how the season plays out based on home, away, bye weeks, international games, all those sorts of things when you start kind of factoring those. So check that out if you really want to, like, see how you feel about the league as a whole. Mm, that's a fascinating macro perspective to making predictions. I prefer the Brinson model. Uh, it's a proprietary statistical algorithm and uh, <laughs> analytical computing machine in which I uh, in which I drink a few toughies. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Just have to listen. He puts his hand on. Okay, they're gonna win. Actually, <laughs> actually, I did. Actually, it's just sort of like that. But I did do like an Excel doc where I picked. It's sort of the same thing. But I mean. Probably spent more time than I could have if I'd known about play- playoffprotector.com, which apparently Brady Quinn is an investor in. Um, but, uh, so for hey, and by the way, no, no hashtag ad here, too. That's just free advertising. It's free yeah. advertising. Dudes, you want to start? Who, who, do you, who, who do you have winning? Who, who are your two Super Bowl teams? And is it, is it like Pete Prisco, the Jaguars? No, but Brady, me and Brady had an interesting conversation about that, and I'll let him tell that. Um, I actually have, and crazy thing is, this is before the health of Travis Kelsey, but I'm still going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs and 49ers. I know that's everybody's probably favorite. Um, funny thing is, both teams are dealing with defensive stars that are in contract disputes right yeah. now. We'll see how long that lasts, but with anything, right, the 49ers, they've proven over the last few years they can win on the road in the playoffs, right? The Chiefs have not had to do that. They've won at home. And I just have faith in Patrick Mahomes getting it done. I mean, he's the great equalizer. And we talked about it, right? With Travis Kelsey <laughs> being out, right, I think guys like Kadarius Tony, who we saw step up in the Super Bowl, right? Sky Moore scored his touchdown <laughs> in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, we really saw, like, the last eight weeks of that season, Andy Reid really tried to play bully ball. And it was effective because they have one of the best offensive lines in all of football. So I like the Kansas City Chiefs from, from the AFC side. And the 49ers, they, they've literally been – at the cusp of the last two years. NFC Championship, NFC Championship game, went to the Super Bowl in 2019. I feel like it's Kyle Shanahan's year. I think the 49ers win the Super Bowl this year. I know you, you said we'll probably see some regression from Brock Purdy. And if you look at it, right, analytic-based, who he played those last six games right, of the right, season, right. right? Played a few backups, uh, played some teams that were beat up, right? That, that game versus the Cowboys was a defensive struggle in the playoffs. I think he actually takes a step this year. Another year comfortable in this offense, right? We saw it kind of with Jimmy Garoppolo in his second year, right? I was with him in 2017. 2018, he gets hurt, so I don't count the 2017 year because he only played a little bit. But 2019, they went to the Super Bowl, and he played really comparable football. Kyle Sanahan doesn't need a guy to go out there and throw for 4,000 yards, right? No. 3,500 yards, just be effective with the football. Don't turn it over. We have a really good defense. I like the 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Sure. By the way, I mean, I, I, I'm sure – that uh, Katie Box is watching and cheering you on. Oh, yeah, she's, for, she's for probably going crazy well, right and, now. And here's what I'd say, too, to that is you're only, especially with some of the favorites, clearly Kansas City, San Francisco, once the games start being played, these lines are going to come gonna down. shift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, this is the best value you'll get them at, I assume. I mean, I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to go off to an 0-3 start or the 49ers for that matter. So I think it's safe saying that, Will. Like, this is probably your, your safest spot for finding the best value for these teams, right? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of like you will not see – even if the Chiefs started one and two, they still wouldn't get longer than like 10 to one, you know, because it's – it's the, what? That's still pretty decent value then to sit there and wait is what you're basically telling you people. Yeah. I, I just – I don't think it's going to drop that much. I think even at one and two, maybe it goes to, to seven to one, something like that. But it's not – to me, it's not going to drop to 10 to one. Yeah. yeah uh man. Maybe. No, I don't think the Chiefs will drop that low. <laughs> I mean, they start one and two, and Travis Kelsey isn't going to be – Kelsey's banged up, and Chris Jones isn't coming around. Like, it would not be crazy for the Chiefs if they start one and two. Uh, but, but I mean, again, like, you're you're going to see these – like, if you look at it with the MVP and somebody saying this is your Kyle Shanahan loses his job, not the Super Bowl, that that's not – That is a hot take. That is a ridiculous a hot take. Hot take. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the 49ers would have to crash and burn for Kyle Shanahan to even be on the Literally. hot. They've been in the, the NFC Championship game three of the last four years. Like, I was about to say, even, even if Purdy gets hurt, I think Sam Donald comes in and just picks up where he left off. We've it, seen it. it. It is one of the reasons, though, where, like, <laughs> you just pay Bosa, right? Like, like, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, 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 just, dude, come on. Like, you're in a window now. You've got a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy. Yeah. Just pay the man. Like, you get, probably get, got maybe one, two years left. Yeah, what, yeah, but I mean, high, high everybody's getting paid over there. Well, and before the other guys too starting to get paid. So I, I just look at him like, dude, you just pay the dude. Like, move forward. Let, let's go. If you're trying to win a Super Bowl under a rookie quarterback contract, do it now. Okay, what um, what does the Brady Quinn football machine? Uh, your, so, your proprietary advanced statistical again. This is this is not like what my brain is telling me because clearly I'm like, all right, why would you ever pick anyone other than the Chiefs? Why would you ever pick anyone other than like the Eagles or the 49ers based on those two rosters, how they look? Um, and so as you go through the schedules, like I found this really interesting. So my top three teams in the AFC was Jacksonville at the one, KC and Cincinnati. They're all tied at 12 and 5. But Jacksonville wins via the tiebreaker. So I was like, yeah. all right, that's kind of odd. But clearly, like, those are some of the teams that could be in the mix. And the reason why Jacksonville, you know, is sitting yeah, at 12 and 5 is look at the division they play in. And, and if schedule. you really break down their schedule, it's a really easy schedule. Ridley now is the one of their, their targets. Could be a stud at wide receiver for them. It, you know, there's some questions there, but still, that's kind of likely. And then as I went through the rest of the AFC, I got the Jets winning the division at 11 yeah. and 6. I've got the Bills missing the playoffs that was my hot at 10 and 7, which shocked me. But as I kind of went through the schedule, I was like, all right, I mean, maybe it shakes out that way. I've got three teams from the AFC North. But by, by the way, they all had double-digit wins. Yep. So again, like I, I mean, maybe this is just my perception of the AFC North and how deep I think it's going to be. But unfortunately, the team left out in that division. Uh, I had Cincinnati winning at 12 and 5, Baltimore as a wild card, and Cleveland as a wild card, Stillers. and Cleveland winning the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. So again, it again it's fun to do these exercises. And then the final playoff team was Denver at 10 and 7. Yeah, Denver getting there. So two teams wow. out of the AFC West. Uh, I think Russ has a, a better year under Sean Payton, and that's still a good roster. So, so, two, so two AFC teams won 10 games and missed the playoffs in, in, in your in the Brady Quinn yeah. football simulation. Which again, I think if you look at the conference as a happen. whole, it's it could happen. I mean, there's yeah, obviously sure. a lot of other teams in taking some losses. We went ten to six and didn't get in. I know mm-hmm. we didn't. I did in 2007. Um, oh, that's so right. I forgot that. Yeah, there was the Browns the, only the NFC. I've got Dallas as the number one overall seed at 11 and six. Jerry, I've got a lot more Jerry's parity in the NFC. <laughs> uh, they win a tiebreaker over New Orleans at 11 and six. San Francisco at 10 and seven. Um, Minnesota at nine and eight. Winning the NFC North. And then Philly at ten and seven wild cards, Seattle nine and eight, and then Green Bay at nine and eight, which I was kind of surprised by. Like, but again, looking at the schedule, I think that roster is going to be able to help support Jordan Love. I was like, all right, but that leaves out Detroit, who I think I also had a nine wow. and eight, but they end up losing out the tiebreaker. A bit surprising. So I'll, I'll spare you the rest of yeah, the playoffs. The one in the division. Uh, you, you don't need to go. You yeah, don't need to go game by game with the playoffs. No, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you the conference championship round. Perfect. Jacksonville versus Cincy. Cincy wins. Spicy. I've got Ooh. Dallas for San Fran. Dallas winning. Wow. You got the Cincinnati. Bengals and the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? I do. And I've got wow. Cincinnati winning the Super Bowl this year. So I, I look, the way this whole thing computed out, I was like, all right, I don't know if I feel this way. I did it. <laughs> I did it a few more times afterwards, but I'm like, isn't that the whole point? 
are we just supposed to blindly kind of pick who we think we're going to win based on the you know, home games, bye weeks, Correct. all these things, and then and live with that model? So this is the first one I did, and it's the one I'm living with, even though it's the one I do not feel good about, <laughs> and it's not realistic in any way. Well, I got something for you. Uh, I believe the last 17 quarterbacks that lost in the Super Bowl haven't made it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that would change that trend would if Joe Burrow that. gets back to the Super Bowl. I also yeah, think yeah. it'd be fun just to have Dallas in a Super Bowl, but then not win it. Like that would also <laughs> just because like the Cowboys fans would be nuts. Like this is it, we finally made it. And then well, Joey B, just as cool as calm as can be, just takes over. Yeah. So it's the last seventeen quarterbacks. It's the first to start their first Super Bowl. Just to, yeah, just because obviously yeah. it's Mahomes yeah. lost to, yeah. but um, yeah. but no, it's, it's a great stat. And then the the Dallas thing. I, my favorite Dallas stat is that in nineteen ninety six, um, and it's, this is like a hard anecdote to find online. But I, I've heard, uh, I believe Mike Silver wrote an article about it, I think, or, or maybe like said something about it on, on NFL Network. But Jerry Jones has admitted that in night before the, the, the night before the Super Bowl in 1996, he prayed to God, <clears throat> uh, whoever, who, whatever, whoever he made a deal with, you can decide. He claims it was a higher power. I tend to think it was probably a lower power. But oh uh, yeah, he said, he said, if you, you give me this Super Bowl, I won't ask for anything else. Another win ever again in my career. And uh, he got the 96 Super Bowl. And. He's gotten that tits, so <laughs> he's gotten that sense. You know, he, he thought it was like a genie in a bottle or something. Like he, he like rubbed a little bottle and had three wishes, and that was his last one. Is that what you're saying? No, I mean it's so sort of you've you, you heard, you heard a deal with the devil? Like there's it comes at a price. You get you get that Super Bowl. This it's a it's a it's a it's a Faustian reference there, Brady. Not not a satanic reference, a Faustian reference. <laughs> Sorry, man. My kids have been watching Aladdin, so I was like kind of more in that realm of things. Oh, so you thinking, think genies are real, right? No, I just I wasn't going the other way with this conversation. <laughs> hey, Will, who are your Super Bowl picks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with um, the I'm. I think I'm going to take. I think I had the, I had the Bengals too. You seem so confident. It really does. Well, I'm debating between the Bengals and the Jaguars. So Ooh. I'm going to go Bengals over. Falcons. Falcons? Falcons. What? <laughs> you do this every year. You pick like one or both teams that are unrealistic. What? Just as someone writes an article. Breach will probably write an article about this with a catchy headline to get clicks. And then it's like, come on, dude. I actually need to double check. I think I may have sent in my Super Bowl picks already. And if that's if that's the case, then I would have to change and go back to whatever I had before. I feel like it. Like we, I wrote like five thousand words the other day. Uh, like like basically break because we had to break down every single. You know, like we have to we have to do like division picks. You have to pick all the all the awards you know, for for the website. Um, I'm checking to see if I did do that. I'll let you know in a second. But larger point being, I think the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl this year as well. Joe Burrow is just a cool customer, man. Which we also have to acknowledge the fact that it's this time of year. Well. As we make our preseason predictions, okay, Pete Prisco has once again picked his Super Bowl matchup. Not only does he not have Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl, but he, he obviously doesn't have him winning again, which if we go back to draft night when the Bengals took Joe Burrow, he famously said they'd win two in ten years. Multiple yep. Super Bowls. And so I, I look at it and I go, at what point is he actually going to pick the team that he <laughs> was the prognosticator for to win multiple he's Super Bowls this year, with Joe man. Burrow? I'm like, what, what is what is happening? At some point, he's got to pick him to win one. Well, you know what's interesting, too, is that Pete also has famously picked the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl previously. In 2018, oh, yeah. after they went to the AFC Championship game and the Miles Jack was down, all that stuff, uh, he picked them to win the Super Bowl in 2018. The following year, of course, that team um, – Famously went five and eleven, 
and fired Doug Marone two years later, three years later, before after bottoming out with a one win season. So, uh, Pete, good job cursing the Jaguars. Way to go. Uh, they, they would just appreciate <laughs> you leaving the worst alone. advice possible. Like, I think it's pretty well known. He gives terrible advice. Yeah. Actually, I, actually, you know what? I'm going to change my Super Bowl pick. Oh, okay. Because I, I did. You I did. So confident in. the first time. I know. I was like, I was trying to remember who I'd sent to Cody and I found it. I'm actually going Bills over Niners. Oh. So not Cincinnati, not, not after yeah. that 20 second discussion about it. And then talking about Pete, you're not along with me picking Cincinnati. So the bills get their Super Bowl Finally, bills finally get their Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm going to let you have the Bengals. I'll take the bills. Okay. That's not a bad split. Yeah. That's a good split. Yeah. Oh, um, we have to do MVP next. Yeah. yeah. Who's your, who's your pick for MVP? My bet, though? Cause I, I liked the bet that I picked for this. I'm not picking an individual player. Really? I'm taking Mahomes, Burrow, who I think is going to win it. And Allen versus, versus the field uh, at plus one ninety. Okay, I like that. I'm taking those three versus the field I'm plus one ninety. I like. No, I'm that. taking the field. The field's like minus two sixty in that. So like, yeah, I mean, like, like you definitely should take the field versus those three because it's more likely that somebody else pops up and does it. But I, I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't. Is think, it more likely? I, you know, my pick, Justin Herbert. I mean, you look at it, Kellen Moore coming over there, and Brady, you know this. I didn't Joe, even have him making the playoffs. I think I had him winning. I got, games I got too, him making the playoffs. Uh, Joe Lombardi literally, yeah. like, it felt like he was just withholding the talent that Justin Herbert had last year. They just refused to throw the ball longer than ten yards down the field. Now, <laughs> granted, their receivers were hurt. Jalen Geithner, speed guy on the outside, was hurt. Now you get Quentin Johnson there. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen can stay healthy. We know Kellen Moore is going to push the ball down the field. That's what he did with the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, man, you uh, see that plus last, year, last year, Justin Herbert had the, uh, I believe the lowest a dot, which is average depth of target um, in the entire NFL and Kellen Moore no, notoriously <laughs> vertical in terms of his offense. Yes. So correct. two questions for you. Obviously um, I had the jets winning the AFC East, yeah. which you have to think Rogers would be in this discussion. Yeah. If in his first year there, they win the division, you know, they're, they're hosting a playoff game, right? At plus 1600, May, may a little sprinkle a little something on that. Something. And then the other thing is with Dak Prescott based on the model and everything. I put out, it's like, <laughs> look, dude, if he's there, if they're the number one overall seed in the he's NFC. you got a good chance to win it. Yeah, you'd have a really <laughs> good chance of winning it. So, again, like maybe I'd contemplate that. Um, but, again, people probably think I'm drunk right now after the what I just displayed <laughs> from this playoff predictor model. Well, I mean, yeah. I also like Herbert, too, because, again, nobody's thrown for more yards in their first three seasons, right? Yeah. And, again, we talked about how he was handcuffed last year. Will, you just talked about it with Kellen Moore's offense. Like, they're going to threaten you vertically. Like, so I, I'm going to go on record and say that Justin Herbert will throw for over 5,200 yards this year. Wow. Wow. I mean, that, that That's was a my, good bold prediction. Might do it. You know what's not a bold prediction is when people say Trevor Lawrence. That's like the trendy pick to go with. And I yeah. completely understand. Like, again, you know, another year with Doug Peterson, Calvin Ridley, you know, the type of weapons they have out around him, bringing back Evan Ingram. Like, they, like I get that. I'm just kind of like, all right, like everyone's on that bandwagon. They better use the odds are... if they want to win. That's well, bring, let's bring up, bring up those odds again because I want to make. I, I like this is. I think this is a really important point about Trevor Lawrence. It, of these, of the people on the screen, and take out Justin Fields because twenty to one for Justin Fields is just stupid. I mean, that's dumb. Like, the, <laughs> like the Bears, the Bears have to win twelve games. It's just it's not happening. Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, all in the same division. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, all both in the same division. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, same division. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tua, same division. The only guy non-fields who is in a different division with a legitimate team that has a win total above nine is Trevor Lawrence. And you need to win your division. And if you're the number one seed in your conference, and I agree, that's why Dak Prescott's not a bad look at 22-1. to one, But that's I think that's the argument for Trevor Lawrence is 
if the Jaguars are the one seed in the AFC, which Brady, you have them as, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to get a look, man. Well, the other thing is uh, my best bet for futures, at least for this NFL season, was the over of the Jacksonville Jaguars wins. I mean, I think it's set at nine and a half or, or 10, whatever it's at right now. It, it moved up to 10, yeah. Move up to ten. Like take the over. I mean, I've got to win in two more games than that. Think but so? I think at worst they push. I mean, when you look at their schedule, unless again they face an injury, something like that happens, which that's out of your hands anyway. They should easily win ten or more games, in my opinion. I, 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 I think, think it's the Titans are going to win that division. You know, I've been saying that for a while. I just think with Mike Vrabel and the way that he thinks, like the, the physical nature that his teams play with, I think people tend to forget they had one of the worst secondaries in football last year too, but everybody was hurt. Like Christian Fulton comes back. They were able to work things out with Kevin Bayard and his contract yep. dispute. I believe they have the deepest D-line in football. D-hop. Yeah, and they, they bring in D-hop. I think Traylon Burks takes another step. And people tend to forget when Ryan Tannehill's back is against the wall, for some reason – he just gets it done. Well, so, like, he, he's played well in the regular season. That's what I'm like, saying. So, like, I think people are just giving this division to Jacksonville as if the Titans were, didn't win it two years in a row. We're winning it before Ryan Tannehill got hurt last year. They get back healthy. I, I think the Titans are going to win this division. I, I think sometimes teams almost, by sometimes the decisions they make, create the potential for drama and, and an additional pressure. Mm. And it's the last two years. You drafted Malik Willis two years ago. You drafted uh, Will Levis, you know, this, this past year. It just feels like – if things don't go right, yeah. that they'd be quick to kind of move on or make a transition, or there's going to be the additional pressure from the outside of like, hey, we've drafted two guys to replace the guy in there. And, and that's, a, that's a tough world to live in when you're in for Vrabel 17 in games. That, well, it's not Vrabel. Yeah. It's, it's more of Tannehill than the, than the play and everything else. And it's a tough world to live in when you're a quarterback in that space. So uh, I'm more curious to see how things will work out with Tennessee. Like I had them actually winning more games. They had them as a second-place team. Uh, in the AFC South. Obviously, Indianapolis, uh, Houston, going through some more growing plans with rookie quarterbacks. So, a little different story. So, I'm with you. I think they're going to be better than people think. I'd probably take the over of their, you know, win total this season. But I still think Jacksonville's the team to beat, and at least in the AFC South. I mean, look, Pete Prisco says they're going to win the Super Bowl, so it's hard to argue. <laughs> uh, he's never been wrong. Never been, Pete's never been wrong about his football picks. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Make sure to join us tomorrow for our week one best bets remember to like comment subscribe on the youtube page for everyone listening to audio only version make sure you download follow leave a five-star review and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod for brady produce i'm brenton we'll see you guys later